This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, Enneagram Plus Yoga family. Welcome to a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We have with us today, Kristen Moore. Kristen Moore is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is also an Enneagram 9. So like a typical Enneagram 9, she loves hot tea, fuzzy blankets, and all things cozy. With her clients as a marriage and family therapist, she talks about the Enneagram. And so I highly recommend her if you're looking for a therapist. And she also knows a lot about the Enneagram. And one of the things that she's going to talk with us about today is the unconscious childhood messages that each of the nine numbers pick up early on in childhood. For example, the Enneagram one, here's the message somehow through family, through school, through church, through whatever, it's not okay to make mistakes. So they hear that message very early on and that becomes a part of their identity. And so we're going to talk about that today. One of the really cool things is that Kristen has an Instagram account. And on this account, she's releasing some journaling prompts for each of the nine numbers that talk about the unconscious childhood messages. So I really recommend you doing that because it's going to parallel with what we're talking about and give you a chance to do a deeper dive to really spend some time in contemplation about what you hear on this episode. So you can go to her Instagram account at Moore to check that out. And also her website, kristenmorecounseling.com. I'm just so excited that we have Kristen here with us for this episode. And one little disclaimer, we did have a, a lame duck microphone. And so there is some feedback. feedback. I also had to Um, edit out some of the things at the beginning because that's when the feedback was particularly bad. So we just kind of start by diving right in to the unconscious childhood message for type one. And Kat's going to get us started. You're going to love this episode. So for one, it's not okay to make mistakes. Y'all talk about it. Yeah. What y'all think? And I think we might say it's not okay to mess up. It's not okay um, to do anything that would be considered bad, you know, I mean, again, it's this, like you said, this way or that way, good or bad sort of no gray lines. Yeah. Nothing. Not enough of that gray and that mystery. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I can talk about my own experience. I have, I was listening to a podcast and I of course don't recall who it was with and by, but they were talking about ones, kind of falling into the childhood messages when their father figure and again it's I'm not making blanket statements I'm going to share it about my experience yours might be different where the father figure of father kind of wasn't doing the 
job mm-hmm. of being a father figure, a father. Mm-hmm. So a one as a child had to father themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I've mentioned it before. My father was a highly functioning alcoholic and it wasn't a good husband and wasn't a great father. And it was extremely turbulent way to grow up. But, you know, like looking back now as a grown woman and as a mother of two children and as a wonderful husband and father, Mm -hmm. I see how he was not doing what a father's supposed to do at all. And if you grow up in that, you kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to need to do that function. And that's a part of, you know, kids make mistakes, grown-ups not supposed to. So you've got to be so rigid and good and perfect and do things right. And if not, it's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you end up in the parent box. Right. And you don't get to be a child. Correct. And, you know, one word we could use for the one is they're very responsible. Mm-hmm. Be like to the point of obsession. Yeah. Obsession. You can never be late. You can never forget. You always have to do if you said you would do it. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. You become the sort of principled parent yes. of the house. And yeah. That's, I think that's a very common story mm-hmm. for one. For it can one. also be a story for other numbers. Yeah. But yeah, like if you're a child of an alcoholic, you might be the hero child, the right. one who, who steps up and takes care of everything. Or a helpful and, child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The other so, thing with ones I think we hear a lot is perfectionism. And I don't yeah. know if you would use that language to talk about yourself. Very but, much. You know, even culturally, perfectionism is something a lot of people Mm -hmm. identify with. And Mm -hmm. I think um, on the surface, sometimes people hold that as a badge of honor. Um, I think we can kind of see that. We can have so much compassion for it because usually what's under perfectionism is a lot of shame. And so for people that haven't done that work, you know, there's there's a lot of really powerful shame work you can do. Um, You know, I'd usually point people directly to Brene Brown and gives it imperfection and um, compassion and empathy and all of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. that, um, man, working through that shame, Mm-hmm. is is so powerful yeah um, and I, I know i've heard you guys talk about it on your podcast as yeah. well the difference between yeah. shame and guilt and the power yeah. of working through that yeah. so yeah yeah it's so powerful i love it mm-hmm. it is so powerful all right well let's go to the two so okay. the two's unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to have your own needs mm-hmm. um so certainly you know as a as a two myself uh that was very true for me um i was an oldest child, mm-hmm. had two younger brothers. My father was an alcoholic and off and on during my childhood, my mom was depressed because of my dad's alcoholism and infidelity and all of that. So, um, I kind of had to be like you, yeah. be a little bit of the parent. And that's why I think I have that one wing as well. Yeah. Very responsible, uh, trying to hold it all together, trying to be perfect, trying to clean the house to make yeah. everything kind of okay. Yeah. Um, and so my needs kind of disappeared. I had a job from the age I was 14 because my dad had lost his job you know, because of the alcoholism. And so, um, you know, it just, I, I kind of lost a little bit of my childhood, which yeah. is a common story for many of us. And, um, and, uh, you know, my needs got missed, yeah. you know, the needs of getting to play as a child got yeah. missed. Um, and so, yeah, I can definitely resonate with this message. It's not okay to have your own needs. Yeah. What comes up for you guys with thinking about twos that, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, obviously twos are very helpful generally and have a lot of helping energy. Um, And sometimes they don't have the space or time or capacity to really, or they don't think they do, Mm -hmm. to name and acknowledge and tend to their own needs, right? Mm -hmm. They're so used to um, doing that from from others. And, um, you know, I think just the, um, yeah, just the getting back into shame, the underlying shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame um, triad, you know. Even in that, you know, helping is – it is so good and admirable, right? But it can also be um, a cover for shame. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I think when we're, when we're able to to look at that, it's not okay to have your own needs and kind of address that and attend to that own wound. Then helpers can, can use that energy mm-hmm. um, towards themselves that they use towards other people. Yeah. And I think that shame is, was huge for me. I think that – I was almost by by taking care of everybody, by taking care of the house, I was trying to say to the outside world, see, we're okay. okay. We're not a mess. We're not mm-hmm. broken. Yeah. Like, you know, let me prove myself. Let me validate that I'm worthy of being loved, right? That's yeah. like what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, I have to be really careful when I go into helping mode as an adult. Like, is that about proving myself? Yeah. Is that about feeling loved? Is that about the shame inside of me and sometimes it is mm-hmm. you know and so I have to really be careful yeah. um so yeah I agree I don't think these necessarily define us but I also think that and you you ladies are therapists we all have the inner child with us no matter mm-hmm. how old you are and it's all you carry that with yeah. you just you learn to recognize it and learn to work through it but I feel yeah. like it always remains, no matter, because it's, you know. Yeah, we have to attend to that right? inner child and nurture that inner yeah. child. For all us. of these subconscious yeah. messages. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, for type Kristen, three. yes, <laughs> take it away. Number three. All right, type three. It's not okay to have your own feelings and identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we know threes are achievers mm-hmm. and that they feel that their achievements mm-hmm. give them value. They are what they do is what they feel like. Um, I think kind of what clarifies this unconscious childhood message specifically is sometimes threes um, as children sensed that sensed or were told that they needed to set aside their real self and become the kind of person that important people in their life deemed successful or admirable. You know, you are what you do. And mm-hmm. so it was like, OK, I'm going to. I don't know about who I am, but like, let me become what I need to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that message, it's not okay to have your own feelings and identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are what you do. That's so well said. And then it may be confusing to some people because threes are in the feeling triad. And so you would think, well, here, this childhood message is saying it's not okay to have your own feelings, but that's what happens. They're in the center of the feeling triad and they actually disown their feelings. They yeah. push down their feelings and they don't end up having them. They live more in their in their body and in their mind than they do in their feelings. Yeah. So um so so the important work for the three becomes, you know, that I'm not what I do, resting and exploring my feelings and starting to live more in that heart space and, yeah. mm-hmm. um and that is that's my husband's a three and he knows that's hard for him yeah. I mean he still struggles with the resting piece and the and the moving into his feelings but he's working on it and yeah. um and that's you know that's what the Enneagram is 
giving us is this opportunity to work on these parts of ourselves and to attend to that inner child, right? Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, number four. So our individualist is the subconscious childhood message uh, would be it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. And, you know, fours are the, the, the type who feel misunderstood and who feel like they don't belong or an odd duck mm-hmm. in most situations. And, you know, being a one, my air of stress goes to four. So it's the moodiness and the broodiness. So I, it, 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 this kind of resonates a little bit with me as well. But, you know, it's, again, we go back to the feelings, you mm-hmm. know, don't be too happy. Don't be too whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I would imagine that would be a really difficult thing to experience when you're a kid, especially. So mm-hmm. what do y'all think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For the for the four, um, I, I think that their gift is that they live in their feelings. Yeah. But gratitude is so difficult for them and learning that they can be happy and that they can thrive in life and that they can actually become more like you as a one and be structured and functional Mm -hmm. and show up in the world. Um, Often the force that I see are just so intelligent and have so many gifts, but they struggle with finding the structure and knowing that it's okay to be happy, right? Well, and also, you know, a lot of times when we hear something often enough, we start to believe it. Yeah. So, and I think that would really resonate with a four, kind of like, you know, if if you process your experiences as, you know, it's not okay to be too functional or too happy, then you'd be like, well, I'm not a happy person. Yeah. And I can't function. And you know what? I can't really do all this thing. I can feel it. But, you know, lists and goals and achievements. No, I'm I, just not me. Yeah. Because that's what you've heard. Yeah. As a kid over and over again. Perhaps that could be. So that could be extremely difficult to overcome because you you start to believe it. Yeah. You get stuck in a you negative know? narrative. So. Yeah. Because like a one, I... With my head, I understand it is okay to make mistakes. It's just difficult for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I think with the four, it might Mm -hmm. be a little different. It's more in a, well, maybe I'm not functional. And maybe I'm just not a happy person, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So to kind of recognize that as a first step. And then, I guess, undo your learned habit. Yeah. Or your learned thoughts. Mm -hmm. And come out on the other side. Yeah, actually, I'm super happy individual most of the time, and it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You and know, to learn that their pain is their superpower. Right. But on the other hand, that to start to notice the beauty and the gifts in their life and yeah. to, you know, sometimes the four can get stuck in thinking of themselves as a victim and then thinking yeah. of everything that's gone wrong yeah. or thinking that the grass is always yeah. greener on the other side. And when they can, like, you know, move past that and say, you know, yes, this part of my life has been hard and really painful and I can feel that, yeah. but I also see all of my gifts and the beauty in the world. That's when the four yeah. can maybe start to heal. Um, and that's only a piece of it, but yeah. I think that's an important piece of it. Any other thoughts y'all have on the four? 
Mm-hmm. No, I think with fours, it's um, obviously authenticity is incredibly important yeah. and fours yes. are deep feelers. And so I think it can be hard to hold that complexity of like, I feel this deep weight of even, even just the injustices of the world, you know, yeah. so how am I going to be yeah. functional or happy, you know? Yeah. And so like learning how to, how to hold both, you know, and also sometimes fours believe I've heard fours say before, and I've read before that sometimes fours identify with the thought that there is a flaw in them, that they are flawed mm-hmm. in some way, you know, and obviously mm-hmm. there's work mm-hmm. to do around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but to realize like there is, there is more on the table as far as, as being happy or functional or yeah. stepping into their giftings. Like you said, there's so much, um, like light and creativity and like they have so many gifts to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when they're able to, to walk that line and to hold both, like it truly is beautiful, you know, to be around a healthy four who, who is learning how to do that or Mm -hmm. um, humble enough to kind of, you know, have that self-awareness and be, be growing in that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. So moving on to our fives. So the five's childhood message is it's not okay to be too comfortable in the world. So the five, when they're a child, you know, has somehow learned the message that let me find my comfort in reading books. Let me find my comfort in researching on the Internet. Let me find my comfort inside of my home and safe space. That that things out in the world, you know, may not be safe for them, that they may feel like they were maybe as a child they were bullied and they never felt comfortable you know that can be a a five story that they were the nerd at school and so they they never felt affirmed and comfortable in the world but they knew that they were good at at school and good at reading and so they became more comfortable inside their head and inside of themselves instead of moving in the world and in their body um, you know, and even in their heart space. So, yeah, yeah so that, that's, that's a tough thing. Um, any thoughts on the five that you guys have? You know, fives are a little bit of enigmas, but I do think, you know, if you are listening and you're not uncertain and, you know, it, like you can hear this, this messenger is say, okay, well, I left a I lived a comfortable life and I don't know why would I have this message that it's not okay to be comfortable. But if you tend to withdraw for comfort and kind of go inward, perhaps that you can sort of like back into the message. Mm -hmm. So look at how you're functioning and then get why. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be for a fives because, you know, they see comfort in withdrawing and being alone and being in, in what's safe, which is books and research and knowledge and things like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So part of the healing, I think, is to move out into the world and right. to move in their body yeah. and to start to feel things in their heart. And that that is tough, yeah. but that's their sort of spiritual and emotional yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts that you have, Kristen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know the kind of flip side of this, we touch on needs actually with five, but you know, fives are very um, reserved in in mm-hmm. feeling like they can meet their own needs or advocate mm-hmm. for their own needs. You know, I um, have a friend that was a five, and he was talking about just like not feeling like he could invest in a new mattress, and it wasn't about affordability, but it was just like giving himself permission to um, 
to buy something for himself, you know, that yeah. was even a need yeah. for his body, you know, yeah. but the, um, just kind of that internal messaging and, um, tendencies and all of that kind of fed into that mm-hmm. dynamic where he was like feeling this hesitancy. Yeah. I think that's true. And, you know, even though the Dudley sin for the five is avarice, um, which is kind of like withholding. And some people might even say that that's greed, but I don't think it's greed. I think it's like it's more of the withholding from things that they need. But I've seen fives who are very generous to their partners and to other people, but they're not, like you said, they have trouble doing that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's spot on. Um, and, and so that can be work for the five to, to kind of recognize the need needs for their body to move in their body, the needs to tune into their heart space, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, the need to buy themselves the mattress. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. All right. Six, Kristen. Six. It's not okay to trust yourself. Um, and so sixes, some, some kind of key things that come up usually when we talk about sixes, um, it's a tendency towards anxiety or hypervigilance or just kind of scanning the horizon constantly to see, you know, what's going to go wrong. Um, and then the other part is the language of the inner committee. So when they're trying to make a decision or figure out what they think about something, it's like they have this committee inside of them that, you know, it's like, well, did you think about this? Did you think about this? Did you think about this? That causes a lot of doubt and questioning and it can be paralyzing, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to make a decision. And, um, some, sometime in childhood, whether it was a direct message or just one that they kind of internalized on their own, they learned it's not okay to trust yourself. It's not okay yeah. to trust your own voice. And mm-hmm. so then they spend a lot of their lives, um, in their head or, or looking to others for reassurance. Right. Hey, what do you think about this? Yep. And what do you think mm-hmm. about this? And a lot of times, essentially they're asking, what do you think about me? <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's yeah. even more there. And so, um, for sixes to learn to trust themselves, um, it's actually pretty cool therapeutic work. I'm sure you've seen yeah. that in clients as well. But, you know, for them to be able to acknowledge what's going on in their head, but then to be able to listen to their hearts. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not like sixes are overthinkers. So it is not a lack of content or knowledge or wisdom there. That's not yeah. the issue. Mm-hmm. It's them deciding and having confidence that they can trust themselves. Yeah. You know, like it's they think their intercommittee is telling them, um, well, you probably haven't thought through this enough, or you haven't probably walked Mm -hmm. through the worst case scenario enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact is they have a million times, you know, they've already thought through, they need to thought that thought through, they know what they need to know and they can make that decision. They can trust themselves. They do know they just need to give themselves that permission with confidence to move forward in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we know is that like when we help people to love themselves, they're more able to love others. And the same thing happens with trust when they're able to trust themselves, they're more able to trust others and the world. Right. And, and so all of a sudden that fear that the world is not a safe place, which is a big fear for the Mm -hmm. six, all of a sudden they start to find that they, they can trust the world and that the world is, you know, yes, it has danger, but there's, there's also safety in the world Mm -hmm. and that they can trust other people in the world. And that's big for a six too, not just, this you know they're all tied up in one another just like loving yourself is is tied up in loving others and loving the world so this this key thing of trusting yourself is Mm -hmm. also related to how we're able to see the world um and others so yeah and it comes back really to security and all of those things yeah 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 
All right, y'all. It's good stuff right here. On to number seven. We can lighten the mood. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> so the, uh, the... It is a heavy... We were talking about that before. <laughs> this is like heavy work here. Heavy and... work here. Yeah, heavy work. We need some seven energy. <laughs> yeah. So unconscious messages for seven in childhood could have been it's not okay to depend or um, on anyone for anything. So I... You know, to me, and I'm not going to disclose a lot, you know, I'm married to a seven, but I feel like in childhood, perhaps it could have been kind of like, okay, adults are kind of taking care of whatever else, but not me. So I'm going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. And to me, that takes my breath away. Um, just to think about it, to mm-hmm. feel that way as a child. And because I think maybe I felt that way as a child, but about being good and like mm-hmm. you're on your own and mm-hmm. this is what you got to do. Um, the, the flip side of a seven, the way they take care of themselves is they, 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 they find fun things to throw themselves into and that's kind of how mm-hmm. you know you're on your own but they're not going to the gloom and doom they're going into the okay let's keep things moving it's going to be fun it's going to be great and you want to come along you want to play boom 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 mm-hmm. so um i mean you know the the flip side sevens are always a little bit of a anomaly anomaly for me because you know they're happy they're extroverted they're enthusiastic they're full of life but all of that is because something quite painful in their childhood Mm -hmm. and on top of that their curses it is so painful for them to look back into that painful thing because it's unbearable yeah they don't want to face pain and suffering right so Mm -hmm. that thing is just we just we're just going to forget it and we're just going to keep it going and rolling Mm -hmm. so i don't know what do y'all think Heavy stuff. Even on the seven, it is heavy stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of times with sevens, we see um, kind of like you were saying something in childhood, and we know they kind of perceived their role is well, like I can be the fun one, or I can kind of hold things together by bringing the happy energy, or by similar to nines but in a totally different way having no emotional needs you know Mm -hmm. everything is just up here and happy and fine you know and Mm -hmm. i'm going to take care of myself in that way i'm going to i'm not going to have any pain points or anything else under that i'm just going to keep moving keep going um which you know like you said there's grief in that yeah Mm -hmm. it's exactly so experiencing pain in a way that i'm going to i'm going to subconsciously just never be with pain anymore yeah and it just i'm going to make my life painless yeah Mm -hmm. and on top of that i don't want your pain frankly either because it's a little too uncomfortable so you know are you down with having fun or are we you know going to gloom and doom because if it's a letter then bye-bye now yeah because i'm here with the best things in life the saturday night lives yeah to make you laugh and yeah yeah, i'm gonna entertain you and yeah I'm going to go find It is so funny. The the, so my husband's name is Kevin. He's a set I mean like if you look up 7 in the encyclopedia his picture probably would be in there but his response to something painful or unhappy and I see it with our 15 year old daughter with teenage world oh you just wait do you have boys or girls Kristen? Boys? boys? Yeah. Oh bless your heart. You're good. You're good. 
Christy. Just wait. <laughs> Christy has a daughter, by the way. So, but, you know, teen- teenage girls quite often are very unhappy. And my response is, let's fix it. Make it good. Again, yeah. his response is joke. And my daughter is like, why are you laughing? The world is over. But that's the seven yeah. for you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to make you laugh in yeah. the most unlaughable situation. Because yeah. that's what they had to do themselves from being little, from the time they were little. Yeah. But doesn't that help with marriage work? Because it helps us understand our partner, even yes. though it might be frustrating because yeah. she's wanting to be heard. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Um, you you kind of have some grace because you know yeah. that that has to do with those childhood yeah. wounds and yeah um and that's true for all of us yeah. no matter what our number is and then and then yeah. he knows when you're trying to go into fix it mode oh okay I'm gonna give my wife some grace because that's part of what uh-huh. you know she does that's how she responds you know the last thing I'm gonna say about the seven I think that's the type that would have the most difficulty accepting. That was their uh, unconscious childhood message because it carries some kind of negative connotation or unhappy connotation or, you know, you last a seven, great childhood, great parents, great family, great everything. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was awesome. And here... Yeah, actually, it's black and white that kind of it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that I think that the denial piece would be most permanent in seven for that. I think that's true. And I and I think that that right behind the sevens would be the the eights and the threes, mm-hmm. because this is yeah, yeah. a lot of going into the unconscious childhood message is we're, we're feeling things. And, and yeah. you know, the. The eights, the sevens, and the threes, they, they tend to deny the heart space. Yeah. Yeah. And so this might be might be harder mm-hmm. for yeah. some yeah. seven, eights, and, sure. and threes. Sure. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's prob- probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Are we ready for our eights? We are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for the eights, it's not okay to be vulnerable or to trust anyone. Yeah. Um, so like the sixes, you know. Eight struggle with trust. It um, often shows up as they can trust themselves, yeah. but trusting others yeah. is really hard for yeah. the eight. Um, and then the, the vulnerability beast yeah. that that's really tough to kind of um, you know they can they can they can speak well they can tell you this is what needs to be done, but to go into their their heart space and yeah. to to talk about the hard things that's difficult because they want to be strong yeah and so to be weak is not an option for the eight and a lot of times that's you know wrapped up in a childhood experience where they felt like they had to be strong that's because the they thing felt right it wasn't their choice they yeah. had to be strong yeah which is you know it's interesting to see commonalities between different numbers because the sixes both struggle with trust the fours you know often the fours and the eights both have you know that experience of some sort of abandonment um but yeah they they really want to kind of lean on themselves Mm -hmm. because maybe something happened where they didn't feel like they could lean on others um and and maybe didn't feel cared for yeah well um so any thoughts that you guys have Uh, this this is really helpful for me when working with eights you know to kind of um 
know this might resonate with them and to hear clients, you know, Mm -hmm. speak this very directly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes um, because eights are, you know, pretty straight to the point and challengers is sometimes people don't see the softer side and like Mm -hmm. to not feel like it's okay to be vulnerable or to trust like there is a softer side there. It's just that they feel very timid and opening that up, you know, they feel like they have to protect that, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, again, like that's a deeply therapeutic work. Like how can I, um, a accept that it's okay to, to be vulnerable. Um, and B, how can I show that to others? You know, that's scary. That's scary. But that is, um, I think that there can be a lot of, growth there and that can be very um I don't know to to see an eight that's willing to do that and to know like probably the amount of energy and work that it took to get there you know like what an honor to see like an eight like reveal their softer side so true because I mean to be in therapy and to open up and to trust their therapist but then to be vulnerable to their their therapist those are the two hardest things for them and that's why eights you know, can struggle with therapy, like Mm -hmm. walking in the door, but it it can be so good for them because they can work on those two things that are so important, trust Mm -hmm. and vulnerability. Um, And so, yeah, how fortunate an eight would be to have you uh, as a therapist where they can do that safely. And you're right, like you said, underneath all of that toughness, you usually find a teddy bear, you find that softness. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a beautiful thing to kind of discover in the eight and for them to see that in themselves and to learn, hey, this feels really good to Mm -hmm. be soft to to let my teddy bear out. And then once they can do it with their therapist, they can do it more readily with other people in their life. And that's that's mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. stuff, Aids. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Last but not least, Kirsten. Kristen, take it away. All right, type nine. It's not okay to assert yourself. Yeah. Um, so for nines like myself, mm-hmm. asserting themselves um, is very scary because it feels like conflict, and conflict is scary for nines. Mm-hmm. Um, even just inner conflict, like it, it feels um, scary to assert assert yourself, you know, that kind of like causes some anxiety, like, was that okay? Da, 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 you know, but also with other people, like what if they don't agree or what if they don't like my choice or what if they don't agree with my opinion or what if they're mm-hmm. upset with me or whatever it is that can feel very scary. Um, and nines spend so much of their life, you know, trying to just blend in and keep the peace and go along to get along. And so the best way to do that is just to have no needs, because if I can have no needs, then I can control that. Mm -hmm. I can control me, you know, I can Mm -hmm. stuff it down, you know, Mm -hmm. for a time, we know how that ends Mm up. Um, And I can, I can know, okay, well, it's, it's fine, because I'm fine, right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, to assert yourself, like there is so much growth and health in that, but it it can feel very intimidating for a nine, because there's a lot of inhibitions around asserting yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, from a lot of different messaging, but, you know, for them to know, like, it is okay and and very healthy for you to assert yourself and to Mm -hmm. show up. Um, I love you guys, what you posted, the quote for nines about um, essentially, like, you're not doing anyone a service by making yourself smaller. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow. (laughs) Wow. Because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that's kind of what nines feel. It's like, I, this is for the betterment of others Mm -hmm. is I'm going to become less. Mm-hmm. And really what you're doing is you're, you're taking your presence away, which is a gift to relationship and emotional intimacy with other people and to the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. So I would say the message for nines then becomes don't diminish yourself. Right. Like 
get big, get big like an eight can, mm-hmm. right? Like show up in the world, show up and do follow your vocational aspirations, whatever they are. Show up in your marriage and speak mm-hmm. up and don't keep pushing down the anger that you might have towards your partner, but allow yourself to kind of learn how to speak on a regular basis about what you're feeling and what you're mad about. And, you know, just start showing up by going out to eat with your friends. And when they ask where you want to go, say, oh, let's go to the mean mug. I love the mean mug. Instead of saying, I don't know, where do you want to go? Right? Like, because that's the nine energy. Just let me go with the flow and please other people and accommodate them. And, and so and that makes the nines most likely to be codependent. Mm -hmm. I mean, twos can struggle with that, too. But I think nines even a little bit more than twos. Um, because they just want to please and make everybody happy and keep that peace. And that's beautiful in so many ways. But then it can be also that Achilles heel of the Mm -hmm, nine is that they just let go of their own dreams. And Mm -hmm. so what are your dreams, nines? And Mm -hmm. like, how can you go for them? And, you know, that's why that, you know, arrow of strength for the nine is being more like a three being more goal oriented achieving things showing up in a big way and yeah so Mm -hmm. any other thoughts on our beautiful nines what i love about enneagram the most is when you hear something or you read something and it truly resonates with you and you think to yourself I have felt this way and I have mm-hmm. thought this way and I experienced something this way. So I've just had this this moment when Kristen was talking about the conflict. And I think me being a one and tapping into the nine wing maybe every once in a while. Like I don't have problem with the conflict, but I hate if somebody's mad at me. Mm-hmm. And to feel this, like you said about your husband, that's how you feel all the time. <laughs> Oh, my God, that would be excruciating. Like, I would need to get it resolved. And if I know that, and I very rarely make mistakes when somebody, I'm just playing, when somebody's mad at me, really has legit reason to be. But it is so dreadful Mm -hmm. to feel that way and not being able to snap your fingers like, okay, let's poof it away. So... Anyway, it's all about, for us, true vulnerability, I feel, and, you know, dig in deeper and see and, you know, is there shame? Is there fear? Is there anger? Is there, and, and, and just accepting it, mm-hmm. you know, when we've read these messages and, you know, the, the messages, it's not okay, well, then take a knot out of the sentence mm-hmm. and connect to what is okay but i think we've all everybody is somewhat damaged in some kind of way and we're probably messing up our children as well some kind of way and our children will mess up that just the circle of life so it's not not one of these was worse than the other and they just they are just are but if you can connect to whichever one that's the pathway of growth. That's mm-hmm. the pathway of growth of healing, you know, mm-hmm. yourself and these these wounds that we all have. Yeah. And I think that that's that's so true. Is 
There's not a number that's better than another. No. There's not a person that's mm-hmm. better than another. Or more damaged yeah. or had the worst <laughs> childhood. Or like, my worst than yours. Yeah. Because if it's yours, you feel that the yeah. most. Yeah. You know, if it's not your type, you hear it and you understand it. But then when it's yours, you truly feel it. And you yeah. feel yourself being a kid again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And that's the heavy part. It is. And a lot of this Enneagram work is about letting the ego go and acknowledging, you know, that that we do have some work to do, that we are, like you said, all going to be imperfect parents and imperfect people. And yet we can still, you know, strive to 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 grow and to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. I, I think the first time that I heard that pride was the deadly sin for the two, I thought, I don't have pride. And then the more I <laughs> proudly, it, she said, oh, yes, I have a lot of, a lot of pride and, and wanting to be helpful and seen as good yeah. and all of these things that show up for a two with a one wing. And, um, and so the Enneagram invites us to look at ourselves and, and to say, Hmm, yeah, that might be, that might be true for me. And how can I work on that? So this is, this is good stuff. Well, thank you guys for looking at the childhood messages and uh, we'll move on to the, the lost or needed childhood messages in our next episode. For our meditation today, I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser for an upcoming episode on the needed childhood messages or the lost childhood messages. Uh, Some people say that if you feel confused about what your Enneagram type is, really tuning in to the unconscious childhood message and the lost childhood message to see which one resonates sometimes can point you in the right direction. So let's take a deep breath in and a big exhale out. Wherever you're sitting, continue to breathe and try to get comfortable, noticing where there might be pain in the body and breathing deeply in. And then exhale, send the breath to those places of tension or pain. Maybe noticing breathing in from the belly button all the way up to the top of the chest and then exhale, sending the breath back down to the belly button. Just find that gentle rhythm of your breath. See where you can soften in the body. Maybe close your eyes, perhaps keep them open. And then inhale this message for the one. You are exhale good for the two inhale you are exhale wanted for the three inhale you are loved exhale for yourself for the four inhale you are seen exhale for who you are for the five inhale your needs are Exhale, not a problem. For the six, inhale, you are. Exhale, safe. For the seven, inhale, you will be. Exhale, taken care of. And for the eight, inhale, you will not. 
exhale, be betrayed. And for the nine, inhale your presence. Exhale matters. Thank you for sharing in this brief meditation with me. One deep breath in. One big exhale out. If you closed your eyes, come back to the space. Namaste, friends.